Sweet mother of mercy, bye. Uh, hey, gang, it's Harland Williams here. Uh, you are on the the highway, the one and only highway, the Harland Highway, where speed doesn't matter, rules don't matter, um, you know, turning lanes don't matter, nothing matters. Just sit back, enjoy, and listen to this podcast. That's what it is. It's a podcast called The Harland Highway, and uh, you're on it with me, your host, Harlan Williams, and... What a S-H-O-W show uh, I have for you today. We are bringing back a guest that we've had here once before. She's uh, spirited. She's she's sexy. She's playful. She's fun. She's a, a talented singer, songwriter, who's going to tell you about her new website. And we're just going to get into it. We're going to be talking about everything. And I mean everything here on the Harland Highway. <laughs> Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <gasps> I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. Riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. And I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Hey, everybody. This is Harland Williams. Back with you. That's wit, W-I-T. Back with you for another incredible adventure down the Harland Highway. But I'm not, I'm not driving solo today. No, 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 no. I have a very special guest. She's been on the podcast before. She's incredible. She's an actress. She's a singer. She's a songwriter. I can't verify this, but I think she might be a supermodel, but she'd never say it. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, my friend Sterling Meyer is here. Uh, Say hello to the gang. (laughs) How are you? Hello. Hello. Oh, see, Hello. that was sexy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm great. You look great. Well, so do you. I really like your your Captain America shirt. Looks like it was dug up from the 1970s. <laughs> it's so faded, but you still got the bullseye. That's all that matters. Dug up from the 1970s from a grave, nonetheless. That's right. I love it. I love it. Well, welcome. Great to have you back. It's been a little while since you've been here. Yeah. And you've been busy. You've been like, uh, you've been getting a bunch of your original music, your your um, Sterling Meyer music and your band music, Darlings of the Day, and a bunch of movies. Yeah. You've yeah. got your, 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 your music placed in all kinds of major motion pictures, for God's sake. Look yeah. out. <laughs> Who are you? You've got a new website too. If anyone wants to go hear some of uh Sterling's music or or see the movies uh that that uh she's got her music in, give them the website right now. I'm ordering you. Okay. It's uh sterlingmeyermusic.com and uh there's a couple of movies coming out here. Um, do tell, do tell. Don't don't be selfish. Okay. Okay. One is called uh, Hold Your Breath, 
And uh, it's a really spooky story. Is that the, the fart movie? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a movie on uh, the farts. internet the other day called Hold Your Breasts, which was probably the dirty <laughs> version. But, so Hold Your Breath, and that's a Lifetime movie. Wasn't that with Lauren Hawley? No, no, that's a different movie. What's that one? I heard you did a movie with this Lauren one, Hawley. That's a different one. Oh, what's this one? Okay, this one comes out October 5th. It's already being advertised at all the AMC theaters, Ooh. so you probably see the posters and stuff. So it's just in time for Halloweeny. Ooh, it's a God. scary movie, horror movie, and um, basically the premise is: any time that you pass a graveyard, the old wives' tale is that you must hold your breath, or the demon <laughs> ghosts will enter via the mouth. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> And and possess your soul. Wow. You haven't heard about this? No. It's true. It's based on a true story. That one, wow. There, that, that sounds like a bit of a stretch, but if I have to hold my breath passing. What about people that go to visit their, their deceased in a graveyard? Can they not talk to each other? They have to hold their breath. Don't they do like? Don't they do ceremonies in graveyards? How does the priest go, ashes to ashes, dust to dust? Like, you got to breathe. I think they use an apparatus. Like a priest, a secret priest box? Yeah. A secret priest tracheotomy box? <laughs> I, that, I, you know what? I'm glad you got your thing in a movie, but that is a real reach. Hold your breath. <laughs> you don't believe If you it. pass a graveyard. <laughs> what I'm next? telling you. Well, okay. I've never heard of that. The only thing I've ever heard is that if you sleep, a cat could come and steal your breath. A cat sits on your chest and, like, sucks the oxygen out of you. That can happen, too. What if you have a cat on your chest as you walk past a graveyard? Are you just dead in a second? Yeah. You're basically their their next, you know, uh, victim to bury. Yeah, this is a car 57. We got a Siamese on a male victim in front of Mount Pleasant. (laughs) Over. Yeah, he's gone. Nope, no breath. (laughs) What the hell? Yeah, so, so that, yeah. But, you know, scenes believing. Once you see the film, then then you can make up your mind whether you think it's true or not. Or I could not wait for the film (laughs) and just go to a graveyard when we're done and try, like, reciting poetry and see if I drop dead. Absolutely. I, you've got to go with somebody, obviously. So, you, you know. Now, is it an old wives tale or an old wise tale? What's what's the what's the what's the saying there? It's a wife. A wife. It's a wife. Like some wife came up with it. Yeah, I, I'm serious. I can't remember. People always go. Didn't you say it's an old wives tale? Yeah, the wife came up with it. So uh, some wife was at home like baking like <laughs> cinnamon crumble. Was bored out of her ass. Goes, you know what? Screw this cooking bullshit. If you go past the graveyard and talk, you're dead. She cursed her her cinnamon squares. Is it? It's got to be an old wise tale, isn't it? No, it's wives. What, who, what and then, wives? And then she got a bunch of other wives together, and they all decided that's true. They all came up with it. But yeah. there's a whole. But who are these wives? Like whose wives are they? The president's wives. The Wives of Beverly Hills? The, who are they? Who? What wives? I don't know, but I, I think they're just very wise wives. Maybe they're pilgrims, because you when you see it, you go, it's an old wives' tale. So they must be old wives. 
Oh, yeah. You know, come to think of it, they're always reinvent. You have, you know, one day vitamin C is good for you. The one day it's not. Maybe yeah. it's one of those things like it's old. And what's now like what do you, maybe that's just old news. Yeah. Maybe it's a new wives tale. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's like maybe it's like a fiance's wife tale. Maybe she's not even married yet. Yeah. What if it's just a indiscriminate one night stand tale where it's just like bing, bang, boom in the Motel 6 and, you know, that's it. You don't even have to be a wife anymore. Well, I don't think I believe it then. What if it's a whore's tale? Uh, yeah, I, I don't Yeah, I don't think. Oh, don't that, think that's an old sluts tale right yeah, there. Yeah, that's That's an old dirty old <laughs> bitch's tale right there. <laughs> That's not credible. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for you. Don't forget, give give them that website one more time. I want people to go and hear you. Her music's incredible. It's sterlingmeyermusic.com. Yeah. And then there's another one. Remember? Layover with Lauren Holly. Layover with Lauren Holly. That's a that's a cable TV lifetime movie network type. And that's coming up in the fall. That's coming in within probably within the next few weeks to a month so ch- we don't have the exact date but check your uh computers your tivos type it into your uh digital vcr the digital recorder layover with lauren holly mm-hmm. she's an old wife she's jim carrey's old wife yeah can, can you imagine her old wife tale Oh, I wonder what that would be like. If you say, all righty then, three times you grow tits or something. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, she's got to have some good ones. Yeah, I think so. In this in this story, she's, uh, she's uh, kidnapped. Finally. She's held hostage. Finally. <laughs> she, I hope she's not held hostage and they play your song on a loudspeaker in a concrete room over and over to torture her. <laughs> that, that would not... That would not put your music in a good light. I hope it's like a love scene or something. <laughs> or, you mean like your movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the love scene that played out between you and the alien? <laughs> yes. You're, by the way, uh, Sterling's music is in one of my movies, Fudgy Wudgy Fudge Face, which you can buy at my web store or you can uh, download it on Amazon.com. And uh, it's a beautiful song. It's probably, to me, it's your my favorite song of yours. Yeah. I, I love your music, but that's always been my favorite. And uh, I put it in the, uh, it's in the dying scene <laughs> in my uh, in my movie, Fudgy Wudgy Fudge Face. It's beautiful. It's like a flashback scene where they show all the memories of, of their time together. It's beautiful. It's a tear-jerking scene. It's a tear jerking, and I'm glad it's just tear jerking and nothing else, because <laughs> that would really not be appropriate. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on. We've talked enough about all that stuff, and we're gonna we're gonna plug your website again at the end of the show, just so people. But let's get into the nitty gritty here. We got topics yeah. to cover. Yeah, let's do it. Like, first of all, should women be allowed to fly helicopters? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Whoa, you got to you got to back that up because there's a lot of people. A lot of my listeners right now are going, "No way, women can't be a no chopper." Yeah, it it depends on it depends on the woman. Um, most women have eyes in the back of their head, so 
Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? Wait, what? What do you think they came up with the sixth sense and all this stuff, you know, about women and how they're so intuitive and everything? There's no such thing. It's the eyes. That sounds like a wives tale. I I think you just made up a what? Women have eyes in the back of their heads while flying helicopters. Definitely an old wives tale. Yeah. Are you kidding? But really, you think women should be able to fly around in a hovering, like, helicopter with rotating blades? and? Well, I think they have good navigation. Really? Know, provided that they've got a couple of, you know, a couple of good, you know, breasticles to guide the way. The men, I think, have rudders. And that's really more fitting for boats, wouldn't you say? Yeah, so men are good at, at riding boats, and women... What did you say? They had breasticles? Mm-hmm. And those are good for navigating a helicopter. Uh-huh. So their breasts point in the direction where the helicopter needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a navigation thing, and they just know exactly where to head. So if a woman gets off course in a helicopter, her breasts will actually twist under her, underneath her shirt. Point the way. They'll pull the, her. Their boobs will bend to the south or the west to the north, and and show her where to go. Okay, let's put it like this: yeah. If you were ever in the frozen section aisle of the grocery store, yeah, and you go up to a woman who's not wearing a bra per se, Sounds and you good. ask her where something is, have you ever noticed that she always seems to point the way with her <laughs> breasticles? That's right. They don't even have to answer. You just hear that kind of frozen creaky sound like when people walk on snow and their <laughs> breasts like turn towards the uh you know the hot dogs on a stick or yeah the pizza pockets or whatever or the turkey basters <laughs> excellent point see that's why i asked you because i've been most of my listeners were wondering about this and yeah. you just cleared it up i had no idea that women's breasts navigated high-tech helicopters like it makes me wonder if the secret of Osama bin Laden raid, which had two helicopters, featured uh, women pilots whose breasts helped lead to the end of terror. Exactly. Well, exactly. And you know where they really showed this up was, and if you watch the James Bond movies closely, there's always a woman in the helicopter with James Bond. Whoa, you're yeah. right. That, that's why. And usually her breasts are right out. Like Basically, yeah. yeah. If, if not, yeah. They're getting double 007 right in the cockpit. Yeah, right in the cockpit. And you thought that she was there, you know, just for his flight of fancy or something. Yeah, she was actually instrumental, no pun intended. Wow. I, I tend to notice, too, in those movies that her breasts often bend right towards uh, James Bond's mouth, too. <laughs> they seem to navigate right into his pie hole. They can do that. They can yeah. do that. And good for him, you know. He yeah. deserves it. He's he's on His Majesty's Secret Service. He's earned it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it's a it's a. Do you know James Bond was a big uh, pacifier? He he loved pacifiers. I mean, what like the things babies suck on? Yeah, he was a thumb sucker, and that's why he. What? That's why he likes women so much in terms of like being guided towards their breasts. You know, orally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. You didn't know that. If you look it up online, you can find out, you know, uh, look up like Google baby James Bond and you'll find (laughs) out all kinds of facts about the baby James Bond. Wasn't that just when he was double O? Yeah. No, I think it was just O-O. Maybe he hadn't gotten the seven yet. Yeah, that's what I mean. Double O. Oh, just the double O. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So baby James Bond was just double O. And by the way, two double O's side by side look like breasts. 
That, Interesting. See the correlation? This is not a conspiracy. It's a fact. We just snapped a code, I think. Yeah. I think we just snapped Her Majesty's Secret Service code. All right. Well, good. Um, now, let's move on to you. If you could come back as another soul or another being, what or who would it be? And it could be anything. But I know you're a spiritual person. You're an esoteric person. You're eclectic. What would you come back as, as a soul or a, a creature or a being or a lightsaber? I don't know. A scrambled egg sandwich. What would you come back as? Probably something like a tree. Really? Yeah. Why? Why a tree? Well, you know, a lot of people actually come back as trees. Did you know that? So I've got a bunch of people standing in my yard? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah. yeah, it's it's true. I've um, been trimming people. Yeah. I saw a woodpecker on someone the other day then. Yeah. Pecking at him. Yeah, well, yeah, they're very tolerant trees. What, why a tree? Why do you want to be a tree? Isn't that kind of like you're just kind of stationary and you can't move? And Well, what really kind of grabbed my attention about being a tree was that I had a friend of mine tell me a story about when she was living in Oregon. And uh, she went to a Grateful Dead concert, and she was about only 18, 19 and she decided, and it was an outdoors co- uh, concert, you know, and everybody was camping out. And she went into the woods nearby to camp. She was sitting there with her friend, just, you know, kind of taking in the beauty and the trees all around her. And suddenly the trees started laughing at both of them. And they were realized that they were being like, you know, play, playing with the trees. And the trees was like, ha-ha, you know, making little faces at them and stuff. And they looked at each other like, did you see that? It's like, did you see that? Yeah. And they both ran out, and then they decided, okay, we got to face this. And they went back in, sat on the log, and looked, and the trees came to life again. And this time they were, he was poking his tongue out, the tree. A tree tongue. Yeah, a tree yeah. tongue. You know, you, as you can imagine. And then the tree was swaying its head, its branches, and laughing, kind of like a belly laugh. And, yeah, they pulled out a drunk guy out of the concert. Who'd been drinking too much, but nevertheless, he was the only one that would go with them in, in the forest, and th- he saw it too. And well, he, he wait a minute. Don't, don't we have to assume, the minute you say Grateful Dead concert, you got to assume they're on acid. Oh, no, they were totally sober. They were I think, I think I think that might have to be disputed. Let's just get this straight. Grateful Dead concert plus trees coming to life, sticking out their tongues and <laughs> laughing equals... Hardcore acid. That's that's a common math equation. That's a no problem. I'm not even good in math, and I figured that one out. Grateful Dead concert Uh plus talking, laughing trees Uh equals acid. That that's in any math book. Uh, you know, yeah, it sounds like it would be, but life's not always logical. And when they told me the story, I hadn't had anything to drink, I hadn't ingested anything, and I totally believed them. So well, it wasn't what you had; it's what they had. Did you ask them if they were cranked I up did. on horse tranquilizer? Oh, they said totally sober. Nothing. So why do you want to be a tree? If I if I can hazard a guess because of the connectivity to the earth, the yeah. roots going into the earth and the, the leaves blowing in the air and the, the oxygen coming out of your leaves. Yeah, I could be... Yeah, you know, I'd be life providing. Um, I'd, I'd be able to provide a, a house for the birds. It's a beautiful thing. Planted deeply into the earth. That's wonderful, too. What if you, you know, got cut down and got made into a wooden toilet seat? How bad would your reincarnation suck right there? 
I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Now, yeah. now let's go. Let's ask again. What would you really like <laughs> to be? Can you imagine all the sorry asses at the Grateful Dead concert sitting on your face, <laughs> dropping acid dumps? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now that you put it that way. <laughs> now that I put it that way, I think I'd rather be like, P. Diddy's butler or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could be taken in so many ways. I don't know how, but I just thought I'd say that. I'd take it orally oh, okay. if I were you. Yeah. Like a All right. Well that was kind of a that was kind of a weird like, you know, we, we, we started off with something but then it kind of became maybe not. So we'll leave we'll leave that one hanging. But you, uh, you, you are a lyricist. You write songs. You write beautiful lyrics. You've got, you've got the gift of music within you. So here's what we're going to do. This is called on-the-spot lyrics, okay? I'm going to give you three words, okay? Three little phrases. And let's see if you can just, in, in the moment, put together a little verse. You don't have to sing it. Just say it. You know, like like almost instant poetry. Right. We'll see what happens. And see if you can come up with even a little paragraph or even a sentence, but you have to incorporate these three little words or phrases, okay? Let's let's see what the singer songwriter side of your brain does. Ready? Okay. It's a challenge, but I think you could do it. All right, here's the words. First word, cactus. Second one, full moon, and third one. Broken heart, cactus, full moon, broken heart. Cactus. Stitch them together. Full moon, broken and heart. some lyrics. One night I was out in the desert. Spoken word, by the way. One night I was out in the desert amongst all the cactuses. There was a full moon, and there was a broken heart hopping around me. And I was like, "What are you doing here?" And it was like, "Well, I live out here. What are you doing here?" And I said, "I'm just visiting." How'd you like to be me for a day? I said, no, I wouldn't. And I just turned around and walked away because I heard that Bobby Gray was playing on the beach and he was playing his hit song, There's Gonna Be a Party Tonight on the Beach. Wow. Wow. I almost started to see a talking tree in there somewhere. A talking cactus. Wow, that that was pretty good. That was like that was like spoken word. I'll be honest, I was thinking more like like a like a song lyric, like uh Full Moon Baby riding down the street, my broken heart like a cactus. Beat beat beat. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you want some rhyme in there. I want not necessarily rhyme, but but more like what would be a line we'd hear in a song. You know what I mean? And it's tough. This isn't easy, gang, but I thought, you know, and I know I'm putting you on the hot seat, but you know, you're good at this. <laughs> the spoken word thing was totally valid and cool, but I was thinking more like just a quick encapsulated kind of lyric. Just try it again. Okay, here's your words. Take your time. Cactus, full moon, broken heart. I want to do the same ones? Okay. Yeah. Broken hearted I was when I went out to see my friends in the old po cow poke town. That's right. 
And then I came upon a cot cactus rose, and I laid my poor body down. And then I looked up to the full moon in the skies, then I wandered by and by. Where am I supposed to go? I'd love to take to the flying skies. Down, 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 down. I guess it would have to be like. That's it. That's good. Well, I saw, you know, I was cha- actually, I was channeling. I know you were. That's I was, what I was hoping you'd do. You know do. who that was? Who? That was, um, that was, uh, Bobby Totem Pole Gray. Oh, Bobby Totem Pole Gray? Bobby Gray's granddad was part Indian. Who the hell's Bobby Gray, first <laughs> of all? What the hell? That channeling. Unbelievable! There is Bobby Totem Colt Gray. He's Bobby. half he's half cowboy, half Indian. I noticed you got a bit of a twang in there. You were like, I went down to the, the cactus yeah, thing, to the desert town, to the desert exactly. Town. And yeah, Bobby Bobby Totem, Totem Pole Gray, because so there's didn't... tons of totem poles out in the middle of the desert. That well, where hey, there's no trees. That's where the Indians used to live, man. And then yeah, okay. the, and the cowboys and stuff. And they got together. And some of them like had some children and stuff. They didn't all fight. Not bad, huh? I know. I thought it was like pretty sweet. You just that just came out of nowhere. And to think I usually work so hard on writing songs. Now I've learned a new concept. Sometimes you just pick words and let your brain wow. go to work. Yeah, thanks. It's I'm like gonna start stimulus. doing it like this now. It's stimulus. You see things and you let them let the words trigger. It's almost like they're dramatic words, right? A broken heart, yeah. a cactus, and a full yeah. moon. So what happens in between each one? And you just have to fill it in. Right, because they're stimuli. I got they're it. Stimuli, <laughs> and they're, they're like trigger words. So they there did. you go. Yeah, that it triggered a hit song right there. I thought that was great. I mean, well, come I on. can't wait. I can't. You know, that was beautiful. And remember, folks, this was just on the spot. There was no planning. Kudos to you for your wonderful new work. Wow, thank you. I feel good. I feel good. I think we should, uh, after the podcast, head out, sing that song together, holding hands, and walk past a graveyard. I do too. And see what happens. I think even the dead would enjoy that what you just laid down there. I think they would uh, won't possess us if we sing that song. And I think all trees would stop laughing at us because that's a, that's a good song. <laughs> You've changed the world right now, young lady. Now, here we go. This is some lady stuff. Can you tell us about your first period? <laughs> What's it like? Do you remember it? All girls get them. Not all girls, but 99%. <laughs> I know. That's an awkward laugh you're hearing. <laughs> but where was it? How old were you? Man, that can be like, there's nothing like cool or funny about that. <laughs> it's weird, though, but especially for the men listening. See, for you, it's like awkward, weird. But for guys, like the concept of like one day we're just out riding our bikes or wrestling with our buddy and our crotch starts bleeding. It's like, what? So you've got to share with us. When was it? How old were you? You do remember it, right? I, I would think every girl would remember her first period. I think I was about 25. Really? So you were a late dripper, a late bloomer? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, gosh. You want to know the truth? Yes. I don't know, about 14. 15, 14. Okay, that's 15. average, right? Yeah. Is that a little late? Don't. Lo- no, no. That's right in the window? 
That's no. right, the bloody window. I think if you eat like more McDonald's hamburgers, you can get it as early as 10. Get it early if you have too many shakes and fries in there. So you're 14. And I know this for a fact. A lot of girls, it happens out of the blue. Like they're wearing white jeans at the mall and all of a sudden, blonk. Here's yeah, old Johnny McPeriod. So where were exactly. you when the bomb the dropped? Well, yeah. Where I was were actually, you? I was actually, you know, on a sort of like a, you know, like a pubescent date. No way. You were out on a date? Yeah. With a dude? Who was it? Wearing like some tight white pants like you said are you serious it's all i've heard so many stories about girls wearing white jeans because when kids are like and all no way so it really it looked like a scene out of alien or something wow yeah i gotta say it was like Where, where was this date like where were you who was the kid do you remember the kid randy mcnamara randy totem pole rectum mcnamara yeah. So you're with Randy. Where are you? Where are you guys on this pre-cubescent? Yeah, we're, we're actually ice skating at the gallery. You're the, ice skating? There's an ice, indoor ice skating rink in the mall. On a big white surface, nonetheless. So mm-hmm. white jeans on a white surface. Mm-hmm. And you're you're skating around. Are you holding hands? Yeah, at some point, sometimes we were, sometimes we weren't, you know. And then bang, does does and then bang does a raw shock a test test appear in your crotch area? Yeah, it started showing up and it everything. It was really embarrassing, so I had to like throw Whoa. myself up in the air and then like I fell down on the ice and I pretended like like the skate did it. You pretended you got a skate in the vagina. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow! Brilliant. So you pretended your leg buckled backwards and a skate blade went into your vajayjay and started the blood. Yeah, that was all I could do. I mean, you know. Wow, that is genius, man. Yeah. So you were, and was it, was the, did did your date know? Did little Johnny Team Quest or whatever his name was, did he, did he see it? Yeah. He was really concerned. I told him, don't worry about it. Just a skate in my. (laughs) <laughs> pussy you know, you know come on right yeah i told him to go get some fries and i'd be back <laughs> later you know so i sent him up to the food court which is on the upper level yeah and i just went and doctored myself up in the uh, bathroom and came back out met him you know with the, with the he had a big plate of fries and just we just kind of I just acted like nothing really happened, and I got him right really into his fries and everything. Of course, he sort of had these. He kind of jumped back when I, you know, when I poured out the ketchup. Ketchup, yeah. Yeah, he Ooh, kind of freaked yeah. out on that one, and I told him it was okay, you know. Yeah. And then I, you know, I distracted him a little bit by throwing French fries down at the skaters below and watching them kind of crash, you know, while they're skating on the French fries. You've and changed since you got your period. <laughs> I don't know you anymore. You kind of went evil. So wait a minute, you go into the bathroom, you, when you say doctor yourself, like what do you do, pad your undies with like Kleenex and paper towels? Yeah, I mean look, a lot of people know this, but for those that don't know this, yeah. t- blood comes out like a cinch, you know, under some cold water. No, it doesn't. Gold. On white jeans? Uh, good as gold. And if you get to it right away, you put really? cold water on it, you're fine. So basically, I was walking around no longer with blood on the crotch, but a lot of water. You so, looked really wet, so the kid yeah. thought you were just a horny for him. Everyone in the mall was like, look at that horny chick, man. She's just dripping. 
Exactly. What 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 do we rate this show? What is the rating on this show? Is this R or what? Uh, it's life. It's lifetime. It's like Lauren Holly's <laughs> coming up after you. Um, now let me ask you this: Did it hurt? Do period like look? I'm doing this for the guys. We want to know: do, do periods hurt when they hit? Like, did you physically, you know, feel like a twang or a pain, or it felt like a kick in the gut? Did your thing it's like hurt? Like a hum, actually. A hum. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. I don't get that. What do you mean? Like it? It's like a humming sort of vibrational feel, and so it's you know you start humming and then. It turn it kind of goes into different tones. But I thought like, it hurt. I thought girls got pain when they got their period. Some do, some don't. But you, you know? didn't. No, you I were had just the hum. like, let's go to the food court. Well, I had the hum, and the hum was like, mm-hmm. let's go to the food court. Mm-hmm. Pass the ketchup. Mm-hmm. Huh. Maybe it's because, you know, my musical background. I don't know. I guess, man. You and everything were... comes out of me, like, in tones and stuff. Wow. <laughs> Her farts sound like a <laughs> 70s pop tune. Great. Uh, Her yeah. farts sound like air supply. A butt trumpet. Oh, my God. <laughs> so scary. All right. Well, thanks for sharing. I mean, you have to ask. Have you ever screamed at someone, and what's the loudest you've ever screamed at somebody? You know, that's a damn good question, if I can say damn yeah. on the show. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you. It's <laughs> no, probably right the up air. there with the when was your first period question. <laughs> <laughs> that's why this is an award-winning podcast, thank you very much. Podcast. And, and the award actually came from me. I awarded it a really good <laughs> podcast, so... But yeah. what, have you have you ever screamed at someone like just like I'm talking like a loud I, like rip and scream? I haven't. I really you want haven't? to. I want to though. You've never just like. I don't know how loud I can scream. If someone was like, say, here, you know, I'll pay you to scream. I'd be. I wouldn't know what to do. You've never been in like a fight with with a boyfriend or a lover or a family member, and you're just like. You know, like one of those. I would love to do one of those like movie screams. Oh, those you're you're talking like a like, horror movie, ah! like. Ah! I okay. would love to do that, but I've never done that. But as far as like screaming, I mean I, more like a verbal scream, like yelling at someone or you know screaming at someone. When's the last time I did that? Like, do you remember like the biggest and the baddest one you ever did? <sighs> uh. Dang. Yeah, sure. You do? What was it? This is interesting. Because yeah. I got a good one. I got, But I want to hear yours. Or I can go first if you want. I was screaming at this eunuch. What's a eunuch? It's like a... You don't know what it is, sex-wise. Is it a man or is it a woman? We don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you. And I was screaming at it because... It wouldn't get out of the street. I was trying to cross the street. I'm like, get out of the way, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it just wouldn't. And I don't know what it wanted, where it came from, or who it was. But I was just screaming because, you know, I was afraid it was going to get hit or, you know, and I couldn't cross the street. Maybe it know? didn't know because you were you were like, sir, get out of the way or ma'am, would you leave? But you couldn't you couldn't give it a title. That's so you I'm... were just ambiguously going, get out of the way. And it didn't recognize its title. It didn't know. I think it didn't know who I was talking to. Yeah. I'll tell you my my one. And this this was kooky. I did mine on purpose. OK. 
as you know, years ago, a decade ago, I went through like a, a sh- shitty divorce. I mean, what <laughs> what divorce isn't shitty, right? And I was trying to be a reasonable guy and, and you know, deal with issues and deal, you know, try and, uh, you know, be uh, be mellow and be rational and reasonable and, and try to talk my way through difficult times with my ex, right? And it was one of these situations where nothing I did, nothing I said, no matter how gently or loving I put anything, it never, it never uh, computed with her. It never got through. It never registered. And I was so frustrated after, you know, months, if not years of dealing with it, that I said, you know what? I'm going to try a different tact. Maybe if I scream, like at the top of my lungs, like I'm angry, and I'm not a screamer, but I said, I'm an actor, so I'll just act it. I'll act it out. I won't really be mad. I'll have to force myself to scream. So I, I did it. I tried it, and I was like, I screamed at the top of my lungs for about three minutes, like going through a laundry list of all these problems that weren't getting through to her. And she was just like, like transfixed. You know, like just staring at me like and I was just rage. I was screaming, you didn't do this. And why are we doing this? You know, that type of thing. And in the end, she got turned on. It still didn't. No, I wish at the end. It still didn't register. But I found out about like two days later, my neighbors who lived next door, it was so loud. They were like, hey, dude, is everything okay? Like, we heard you screaming the other day, and we were like three seconds away from calling the police because it was outrageous. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, so I just did it. I screamed for effectiveness. I wasn't even mad. I was faking the whole thing. I was just, but I knew I could at least raise my voice and pretend I looked angry. Wow. And it was just an exercise in futility because it didn't change anything. She was like kind of, oh, wow, this guy's screaming. And I thought it might knock her off the needle, you know, and make her go, holy shit, he's upset. Look at this passion. Look at this this frustration. I've got to I've gotta do something. But no, lost cause. <laughs> so that's that was my biggest screaming fit. I like that story. You do? Yeah. Why? I think it made you horny. Yeah. No. <laughs> How dare you? I think I'm about to have my period. I think it's a good story. It's a good story. I mean, sometimes you got to do extreme things in relationships to try and find answers and make them work. And I was just I was just spinning my wheels. We're getting nowhere. I'm like, what can I do that's different that might have an element of surprise and maybe like in essence like metaphorically slap her across the face and make her see what was happening? But nothing. I like how it involved so many people, including the earth, wind, and sky, and all the elements, and the neighbors. Neighbors, and yeah. everybody. You got in on it. You know what I mean? I'm glad they didn't call the police. Yeah, I was just acting. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah. But I really was. I mean, I planned it. I almost wrote a letter before I did it because I knew my wife would never believe it. And I thought, I'm going to write a letter, seal it in an envelope, and give it to her afterwards. And say, look, just so you know, I planned this whole screaming thing. It was a, it was an exercise to try and, you know, jar something within you to, to help you see, to hear me. Because you're not, you're not, you're not uh, absorbing any other approach I take. Yeah. Or if you are absorbing it, you're ignoring it. You're not, you're not like, dealing with it, at least in a way that I thought was 
appropriate. And who am I? You know, everyone's got their own thing. So there you go. You're HW. I'm HW, <laughs> and I'm single. Thanks. Um, <laughs> good screaming. Here's a quickie. This is a yes or no answer. You, we do this ever, with every guest. Yes or no. Um, or you can answer. Actually, here you got to answer with a word. Do kangaroos' pouches smell like bacon, pine trees, or Pittsburgh? Uh, bacon, pine trees, or Pittsburgh? Yeah, a kangaroo's pouch. Bacon, of course. Yeah, right, correct. It's amazing how often everyone's correct with that. Good one. Why do people love love songs? You write them. You sing them. You're the one I should ask. People love love songs. Why? People love love. And love songs are about? Love. So they love love. Yeah. Wow. It's that simple. Yeah. God. I thought it would be, like, much deeper. But you're right. There's not much more you can say about it. People love love. Can't help but love love. Love, love. Loving love is, like, lovely, you know. It's a lovely thing. Wow. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, this is another kind of uh, me tapping into your creative, poetic, song-filled mind, okay? This time it's not a song. You don't have to sing. This is our last bit right here, okay? This is a scene. I'm going to start the scene. It's a little bit of a story. And when I point to you, you're going to finish it. You're going to finish it. It doesn't have to be long. It could be a sentence. It could be three minutes. It could be half a minute. You can finish it any way you want. I'm going to read the beginning. You get to, you get to end it. You all set? Yeah. Here we go. Sarah drove through the night with a fury in her eyes. She knew there was no going back. The tears started to come, and she knew everything Jim said was true. But now it was her turn, and tonight she was going to dot, dot, dot. Drive to the cemetery where she heard that Barbara was buried. There she went, and then she remembered the old wives' tale. I better hold my breath or Barbara's going to get in. And if Barbara get in, gets in, then, uh, what's his name, Tom? Tom. Bill, Bob, is going to really get upset. Jim. Jim, yeah. Maybe she, I think she had a bunch of lovers is what I'm hearing now. Keep going. So Jim, Jim's going to find out. And if he finds out that Barbara's in Sarah's body, well, then it's going to be the menage a trois he was always waiting for. So she started to go against that. Then she thought, wow, you know, this could be something interesting. So she goes in there and she starts breathing really heavy, trying to breathe as much and fast as she could so that, you know, Barbara would like enter her spirit and everything and she could go back to Jim and uh, see what would happen. You know, turn the tape recorders on. So anyways, so she was driving out there and everything. Then she got lost. And she got lost. And then she was like, well, maybe I have to take a plane or something, you know, to get to this cemetery. So she ditched the car and she went to the airport. And then she was at the airport. What happened? There was a layover. Oh, no, not that. So she tried to lie in one of those uncomfortable bench seats, whatever, at the airport, waiting for a plane to take off. And lo and behold, there's Lauren Hutton. I mean, 
Lawrence. <laughs> you mean Lauren Holly, obviously, yeah. Maybe Lauren Holly was with Lauren Hutton. And I think I see Timothy Hutton in the background, too, the award-winning actor. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Wow. Lauren Holly and Lauren and Hutton and Timothy Hutton were both there behind her with guns. And maybe yeah. there was a Pizza Hut there, too. <laughs> there was a Pizza Hut. Wow. So, yeah. And then it got really gnarly. And that's the end? Yeah. That's great. You I love the go... way it ended. And then it got really gnarly. The end. There's a sequel. <laughs> There's a sequel. Well, that sequel will have to wait till the next time. Because that ending, it brings us to the ending of our show. So sad. But what a great ending. Wow. I like to leave it, you know, people hanging. Leave it bit. hanging. Yeah, hang God. Hang loose. Unbelievable. Well, hey, give us, uh, we've been talking with Sterling Meyer, unbelievable lot, revealing conversation, music, poetry, periods, Huttons, everything. Um, let's uh, get your uh, website one more time for the gang. It's sterlingmeyermusic.com. And also, um, if you go on there, you'll see on one of the pages there, I can't remember which one, but you got also can see like a little link to um, the reel where I'm hosting uh, for an HBO special. And um, I'm interviewing Sammy Hagar. Oh, and, yeah. And um, Blue Oyster Cult and, you know, Billy Cox from Jimi Hendrix Experience and some of the Who members and stuff. You can check it out. It's fun. Check it's it out. Stuff. Look around. All yeah. kinds of great stuff yeah. at the site. And uh, listen to her music. And, uh, hey, what can we say? Thanks for being here. Thank you, H.W. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, let's, uh, let's get out of here. We're going to go get some uh, brand new matching white jeans. And uh, it's been a blast. And until next time, from the food court, chicken chow mein, baby. <laughs>